When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 3-1 Yanks in the eighth inning over in the Bronx against the Seattle Mariners. Cole out of the game after seven and a third, so they turn it over now to Clay Holmes to get the final five outs of the contest this evening. Holmes hasn't pitched in a week. He should be more than well-rested, and he should have enough there in the tank to be able to get the last five outs of this one. We shall see. But the Yanks in a little bit better shape right now than the Mets are because Justin Verlander, it has not been a happy homecoming for him. He's in a 3 nothing hole along with the rest of the Mets against the Strohs in the bottom of the fourth inning. Alex Bregman, a two-run home run, the big blast in that game so far, and offensively, well, Mets haven't had a hit yet tonight. So they are hitless in four innings against Framber Valdez, which, you know, is not that all unexpected when you consider that Valdez is one of the best pitchers in all of baseball and certainly would love to go out there and outduel his former compadre and a future Hall of Famer in the likes of Justin Verlander. A lot of baseball tonight, little basketball Mixed in as well. Want to get to the hockey before we get to the phone calls because Peter Laviolette met the media today up in Westchester, new coach of the New York Rangers. And we've known for a week that he was going to be the guy, but they waited till today to have the press conference here. So Chris Drury was there. Peter Laviolette was there. And Drury was asked what made Peter Laviolette the candidate that stood out. Well, he's someone I wanted to talk to uh, right away, um, you know, when the job opened up and as I said, uh, you know, I wanted a detailed, thorough process, and as Peter said, it's it's a big job and certainly an important job. And um, as I went through the process, it just came clear to me all his attributes as a coach and as a person, uh, you know, made sense for our team. Look, I've been on record in saying I think it'll be a good hire, um, safe choice, and sometimes a safe choice doesn't always work out either. But when you factor in and weigh the pros and cons with Peter Laviolette, I do think there's more pros than cons. Okay, the fact that the guy has been a proven winner, he's taken three teams to the Stanley Cup Finals, won the Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes way back when, coached in this marketplace with the Islanders, and was successful for a couple of years, taking that team to the playoffs. Guy knows the Metropolitan Division, right? This is going to be his fifth stop as a head coach in the Metro. He knows these teams. He knows the landscape. Add all those things up. I, I, I think there's way more positive than negative when talking about what he could potentially bring to this hockey team. And he, for one, is pretty excited. When I was first opened up here, to be able to come back to the city of New York and coach a team like this is really exciting. It's, it's a good team and good players. And to get that opportunity, I'm really excited about it. So, um, like I said, it was, it was a thorough um, interview process. And um, it should be. It's to be the head coach of the New York Rangers. What about the core principles that he believes in to have a successful team? I have been able to find success or some sort of success, you know, with a couple of other teams. Um, Or even going back to the Islanders where you didn't experience ultimate success, but you took a team that was hadn't made the playoffs in a few years and able to, to drive them and push them. And 
for me, it's always been a little bit more of an aggressive approach. I, I think that you have to play good defense, and you, you see that for teams that win Stanley Cups. Defense is always a, a priority, and you have to be able to play good in your defensive zone and, and good defense. But for me, it's about the attack. It's about pressuring. It's about puck pursuit. It's about the battle level, the compete level, the grit. It's that grind in the game that makes teams great. And so I think that you can't just flip a switch on that. That has to be that has to be talked about now. It has to be taught in training camp. It has to be worked on through the exhibition games, and it has to be pushed through the entire season. All right, so I guess there were some folks, you know, part of the uh, Rangers nation, that weren't exactly overly thrilled with the hire, weren't exactly enamored with the press conference today. I get it. I get it, I get it, I get it. But the question that I have is, you know, the other finalist was supposedly here, John Hines, former Devils coach, former Predators coach, right? If John Hines ended up being the selection, how would Ranger fans feel as opposed to Peter Laviolette getting the job? Like, what, like what is it about Peter Laviolette that doesn't do it for you? What, because his Washington teams hadn't won anything over the last few years? I mean, is that really all on the head coach with an aging roster? Right, that peaked and won themselves the Stanley Cup. And then you had diminishing returns in the years since, and he hasn't been out of the first round, those type of things. Well, what if this was John Hines? John Hines has never been out of the first round as a head coach in, the, in his career in the National Hockey League. What would the fans be saying then if he ended up getting the job? I don't think you just point to one guy in you know, the last couple of years and say, this is why it's not going to work. This is why it's not going to be any good. Because that's not fair to him. Each situation is different. You know, because there were teams that he coached early on in his career where you thought, well, this ain't working out or it's not supposed to work out like this. I mean, that Philadelphia team that he took over in 2010, that was a team that had talent and maybe had underperformed in the years leading up to that. And that's why he got the job. And he took them all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. And they were clearly overmatched by Chicago, which ended up being a dynasty. But you know what? Still got him that far. So if you believe in the talent and you believe in the core in this dressing room, which obviously the organization does and Chris Drury does or else he wouldn't be here, right? Gerard Gallant would still be coaching this team. Then you would hope that he's going to be able to get the best out of him. Lastly, what about a couple of the Ranger youngsters in Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere? Those young players do need an opportunity to grow. They have to be... Not given, but they have to be given the opportunity to count it on more. And, and I think inside of a team, inside of um, the framework of a team, everybody wants to feel that responsibility. They want to feel valued with what they do. And um, you're talking about a couple players who are coming off, I think, maybe their best years. And they're still really young players. And there's a growth that goes with that. You certainly would like to see them take the next step more minutes, maybe a little higher up the lineup, maybe more power play time. And so with that, there has to be opportunity. And so um, there'll be, these conversations will take place. I certainly would like that. And um, that, those opportunities will be there for them to, to grab that ice time and, and to push. Bottom line is this, okay? Laviolette, I think, is a good coach. He'll get the best out of these guys. But ultimately, the onus is going to have to fall on these players. 
right? And I've talked about this before. You've got guys in that room who have been there a long time that the organization believes in who haven't won anything, right? So how many more excuses are you still going to keep making for these players before you actually say, you know what, maybe there's some of the problems. Maybe the problems are in the dressing room. Like, for example, you know, David Quinn was a guy when he was here that was too hard on the players, according to them, right? They met with management, talked about their issues with the coach, and they got him out of here. Then he had Gerard Gallant, who apparently was too much of a player's coach, a guy who gave the players too much latitude, wasn't hard enough on them, right? Didn't really believe in the X's and the O's and the, you know, the, 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 the adjustments mid-game and all those type of things. And so now he's out of a job, even though we got him to one step of the Stanley Cup Finals just two years ago. So what's Peter Laviolette's role here? Just to win? To be hard on them? To not be hard on them? Like, I, I don't understand because the previous two coaches, it was mixed signals. Now, this is more of a veteran team, I think, than the one that David Quinn coached, right? That was still, they were in a little bit of that rebuilding phase, issuing or ushering some new players onto this roster and into the National Hockey League. Now this is a seasoned group, one that just two years ago, was a footstep away from the Stanley Cup Finals. Now the objective is to go out there and win. Remember, they went into the playoffs last year, and you thought this team had a chance to go win a cup. And then they couldn't even make it out of the first round against the Devils team that, you know, they took a commanding 2-0 lead in that series, and you thought it was going to be a waltz. At least I did. And then they couldn't even make it out of round one. Pieces are in place. You got the goaltender. When he's on, he's as good as anybody in the National Hockey League. What are the excuses now? 800-919-3776. Let's say hi to Robbie in Mass. He's up next here on 98.7. Hey, Rob, how are you? Hey, Dan, you know what? At least we're winning the game tonight. I mean, I can't stand watching Stanton, Donaldson. You know what? Yeah, honestly, I'll be, first of all, I want to say I quoted you on my show last Tuesday when you mentioned about Verlander and Scherzer coming because they wanted to be close to Cooperstown. Because I told you, I went for about two hours from Cooperstown. It's the, up in the, it's the, it's the <laughs> Steve Cohen rest stop on the way to Cooperstown. Yep. So I, so I made sure I quoted you. But there anyway, you go. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, here, here's the deal. I, I can't stand watching Donaldson. I can't stand watching Stanton. I can't stand watching the approach of hitting. Everybody's trying to kill the ball. Dan, do you have a theory on this? I, I, you know, I'm 58 years old. I have never seen baseball like this. With the averages are disgraceful. You don't even have guys to get 280 anymore. Never mind 300, except for a Reese, right? He's in like 400 or something like that right now with Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's a disgrace. What is your theory on this? I mean, if you if you could say the first, then I want to mention my Rangers after. Yeah, I, you know what it is. I mean, you look at a guy like Francisco Lindor. Okay, Lindor this year is not hitting for average. He's batting two fifteen, no. but. Yes. He's on pace to hit 30 home runs, probably drive in 100 runs, and at the end of the day, people are going to look at that and say, well, you know what? He was producing. He did what the team is paying him to do. Batting average, for whatever reason, it's just not as significant as it once was. You're right, Robbie. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. You go to ballparks, okay? You go to the ballparks. And instead of like when we were, you know, back in the day going to games, like you looked up at the scoreboard and they would show the guy's average, how many home runs, how many RBIs. That would be like the main thing. Now it's not even like the average. They show you his OPS. They show you OPS. That's the most important thing now. But wait, but it's but it's but it's. But it makes the game so mediocre. I mean, I love great hitters. Didn't you like when guys hit 350, 340? Of course. When, kid, I mean, like when George Brett was, you know, on the verge of hitting 400. I mean, I'm 58. I mean, I don't even recognize this game anymore. It's nice to see Wiz go three for three. He's taking the ball the opposite way. But 
Donaldson's got to go. And bring Peraza up. He's tearing up in the minor leagues. Give him a chance. Look, Florio's been up a million times. I don't believe in Florio. But I do believe that Peraza has the talent. And if Peraza can't hit, at least he can pick it at shortstop. You know, I, I, you know the thing is that Anthony Volpe, God bless his heart, he's 21 years old. But, you know, he, you know, he has time. I wish they'd send him down just for a little season. Anyway, about the Rangers, they're, you know, right, they're right before the Yankees as my favorite, as my favorite all-time team. Hey, listen, I like Peter Laviolette. He's a winner. He's a, he's a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame coach. The problem is not the coaching. Okay, the problem with, with, with Gallant is Gallant didn't have a system. Now, Laviolette, does he have much of a system? I like I like the I like the hiring because, like you said, with John Hines, people would have been like, "What the hell is going on?" WTF to the maximum. Okay? Right. So I, I so I like the fact that that they hired a guy who has a Stanley Cup ring, doing three you know, taking three teams to the Stanley Cup Finals. The problem I have is Chris Drury and the construction of this team. And I have to ask you this: Donald Breck has quoted he has quoted on the station as saying that that Chris Drury has a full autonomy because you can't tell me that Chris Drury isn't smart enough to understand. How to build a hockey team? The type of player that he was in Colorado, the type of uh, the type of determined. You know, this guy's been a winner his whole career, Little League Baseball. Okay, but I don't understand how you can put together a team that has nobody playing along the boards. And I think about the fact that you last year you really got it right, and this year you didn't get it right. And I'm wondering if it was completely his decision. But Don says it was. But the thing with with, with Drew, and, and I'll, I'll make this final point. I appreciate the time. Is is that you go out and get some guys to play with with with, with an edge to the game. Where is, how much is Ivan Barbashev going to cost him? He's a free agent now. That's the type of guy you need. Not Patrick Kane, not Tarasenko, not all these guys that are going to play pretty, but guys are going to get their noses, you know, and look at what Vegas did. I mean, they're so impressive. They have structure. They have depth. They have guys. Brett Howard is a guy who you can sign. Wins face-offs, has a terrific uh, run with Vegas and, and uh, with the, uh, you know, regular season with the Golden Knights, too, so. They need role players. They need guys. And is, I like the question for you, too. Is Ottman coming up next year? Are they going to bring Cooley up? You know, so we'll see, man. But anyway, but thanks for the uh, the time. I appreciate it, man. The Rangers, too. You know, you guys do a great job with the Rangers. Always. Rob, appreciate, appreciate the call, as always. Um, look, the other to make it short and sweet with the Rangers, okay, there also comes a point when you get to the playoffs, that's all anybody cares about, that your best players got to be your best players. Right, Artemi Panarin for the second year in a row did absolutely nothing for the Rangers in the postseason, save for the game-winning goal in that first round a couple of years ago against the um, Penguins in overtime. Right, did nothing in the Devils series. You know, Mika Zibanejad, for lack of a better term, after a great regular season, best season he's probably had in his entire career, didn't do that much in terms of production and come in terms of that series against the New Jersey Devils. Um, you know, Patrick Kane did not make the impact that the Rangers thought he was going to make because the hip is all messed up. And he has the surgery, and who knows where that's going to leave him moving forward. You know, your best players have to start showing up and doing better. That's the bottom line, guys. You know, and I know it's magnified in a short series, and that's what ended up happening with the Rangers here. Yankees win 3-1. to one. They finish off the Seattle Mariners, so they back in the win column here. And, and just to, you know, the point Robbie was making. There you go. Play your little song. Go Yankees. Ba 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 ba. There you go. That, that it's important. Um, batting average. I understand. I mean, it is something now around the league when you look at it and you say, yeah, it's it's it, it's maybe not as pervasive as it used to be. And I just looked it up. You know how many guys are batting 300 in, in Major League Baseball right now? 13 guys. It's not a lot. Now, I know this isn't the steroid era either, because during the steroid era, you had guys that were putting up monster offensive numbers. 
Now, you want to tell me that the elimination of the shift is also supposed to lead to more offense. You've got 13 guys hitting 300. Ten years ago, I went back. Ten years ago in 2013, you know how many guys ended up hitting 300 that season? 24 guys. How is that possible? Shouldn't it be the other way around? But batting average, not as significant as it once was. Like I said, people look at OPS as like, if, if you can only pick like one statistic to measure a guy's offensive worth, they look at OPS. On base plus slugging. You know, you watch games on TV nowadays, and when they list like the players, and if they're going to put like a number next to their names, like in the past it might have been batting average, now it's the OPS. Kill two birds with one stone. 800-919-3776. Quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll get your Ranger calls up here. And also, some interesting things that John Smoltz had to say earlier today on the K-Show about the two baseball locals. Grasso Show till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I wasn't even aware of it because, you know, again, we're wrapped up doing the show. I knew the Mets were getting no hit. I didn't know the Mets were getting perfect game, if that's a term. But thankfully, both are over right now because Mark Canna finally delivered a base hit for the Mets with one out in the sixth inning, but then was erased on a double play one batter later. So bottom six in Houston, 3 nothing Strohs over the Mets, and they just have that one measly hit off of Framber Valdez. Yankees in the win column, 3-1 over the Seattle Mariners. So they stopped the bleeding here. Offense wasn't really prolific, but it was just enough. And they did all their scoring in the first two innings, and Garrett Cole and company made sure that it would hold up, and Clay Holmes getting the last five outs to record the save. Holmes has been outstanding, really, um, for the last few weeks. He really and truly has been. And if you're the Yankees, the key with Clay Holmes is you make sure that the Clay Holmes post-All-Star break 
is the same Clay Holmes you get pre-All-Star break because we have not necessarily seen both versions of the same guy for the Yanks over an entire season. That's what they need to have happen here if they want to give themselves the best chance of being successful. Let's go to the phones again. Say hi to Paul. He's in Wayne. He's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Paul. How are you? Hey, Dan, doing good. How about yourself? Doing good. Turn that radio down for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. What's going on? Better? Yep. Um, hey, um, yeah, before I give my thoughts on uh, LaViolette, let me just um, kind of – I wanted to piggyback on uh, the last caller about the Rangers. I really don't have a problem with the way they're constructed. Uh, I think that they – like you, you said before the break, they had their top players in the playoffs last year did not show up, period. No problem with the construction. They just they just disappeared. When the Devils pushed back, their top guys just were nowhere to be found. So um, I don't really have a problem with the construction of the team. Um, as far as LaViolette, I think it's, to me, a good hire. I think the onus is all on the players. I don't know what people were, were expecting. I don't know if they were thinking they were going to bring up Knobloch or hire Leach, but this is a win-now team, right? You know, you bring up people like that to try to find John Cooper and Jared Bednar when you're a young, inexperienced, growing team. That's not what this team is. This team is a win-now team. And now the onus is squarely on the players. They have a guy who's a proven winner. He's done it with three teams. So I say, hey, let's give it a go. We only have a window for so long. I say we give it a shot. I'm excited about it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and, and look, Paul, I'll piggyback with saying I – and I'm not sitting here trying to throw cold water on it. Like I said, I think this is a good hire. This is the guy that I would have picked for the job. But, you know, he said today at the press conference he's 58 years old. I, I don't expect Paul – I mean, I don't expect Peter Laviolette to be, you know, behind the bench for the next 10 years. It's probably going to be on the shorter term of things. I would say somewhere, you know, between three and five years just being conservative. And guess what? If he's the coach of this Rangers team for five years, my best guess would be that the Blue Shirts are doing enough winning to justify him sticking around as the head coach. Remember, he only got three years in Washington, so they decided a change was in order after things kind of bottomed out for them this year. If he's the Ranger coach for five years, Paul, I think as a fan you'd sign up for that. Yeah, and Dan, and Dan like, you know, people are kind of like ripping into him about Washington. Washington was a flawed team. I mean, they, they had a bunch of injuries. They're, they're an older team that was on the downside anyway. So I really don't I, – I think he did a really good job actually keeping them in the picture as long as he did. Um, so I agree with you. I think that this is like – they gave him a three-year contract, and I agree 100%. If he's, if he's still the, the coach after the end of his contract, then they must still be kind of relevant and knocking on the door. Um, and I think that's why they picked him. I think that, you know, you're not going to pick Quenville – and, like, you know, if he was even available for him to come to New York with all that drama, he wasn't going to come here. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think you want that distraction anyway. Um, so well, I don't, I, I mean, well Paul, it. the other thing, too, remember, with Quinville, who's to say if and when the NHL was going to sign off on him even being able to return behind the bench? You know what I mean? And I don't know if the Rangers wanted to wait that thing out. Right, absolutely. No, you're 100% right. It's not It's not like it was a foregone conclusion that he's even going to be back. Right. And, and look, you know, it's funny. There's a couple of other instances, and Paul, thank you for the phone call. You get back to us. You know, um, I don't think it's officially been announced yet, but Columbus is poised to hire Mike Babcock. You know, Mike Babcock was a guy that things bottomed out for him 
with the Toronto Maple Leafs in his last stop as a head coach. And then there was all those things that came out after the fact about him being, you know, uh, belittling players and so on and so forth that, you know, don't necessarily jive with the current state of affairs in sports and, and, and what you're supposed to do and the way players are supposed to be treated here. But Babcock is getting another run behind the bench with J.D. in, in, in Columbus. And why? Well, because Mike Babcock is a winner. Now, he didn't win in, in, in Toronto to the extent that they hoped, but you know what? He's got a Stanley Cup ring. Won a cup with the Red Wings, a super talented team, but he did win. You know, he took the Mighty Ducks to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2003, the little engine that could, and they fell in seven games to the Devils. So he's a quality coach, but I don't know if the Rangers wanted to dive into those waters either because if you if you hired a guy like Mike Babcock, if you hired a guy like Joel Quinville, there were going to be a lot of questions that – they themselves and the organization as a whole would probably have to answer to from a lot of people. And I'm not just talking about people that cover the NHL, people even outside the sports world, you know, that want to get in on these bigger affairs, ones that don't pertain to goals or saves or power plays and that sort of thing. You know, that's why I said Peter Laviolette is somebody who was a safe hire. Doesn't mean he's also not a good hire, because I think he is a good hire, but he's also a safe hire to where you're not going to have to answer questions about some of those other things away from hockey. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Dan Grosser Show, we roll till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yanks win, Mets losing in the seventh. And it's amazing, too. Like, again, you're, you're doing the show, so you're not really, like, heavily invested in the game itself, you know, while it's going on. But just, you know, Framber Valdez, who's only allowed one hit tonight to the Mets, no walks. We're in the seventh inning right now, and he's, like, basically it's seven pit, uh, 70 pitches. So it's essentially 10 pitches an inning on average. Like, that's how feeble the Mets' approach has been tonight at the plate offensively. And it's not like you can necessarily be all that surprised and think that we haven't seen this before, because we have. But one person who actually still has hope in this Mets team is John Smoltz, the Hall of Famer, who's, of course, the lead analyst for MLB on Fox. He was on with the K-Show earlier today, and and believe it or not, still thinks the Mets are going to have a big second half. 
Anyone who thinks Scherzer and Verlander aren't going to be elite at the end of the year if they're healthy, they just haven't been watching enough baseball. They're going to be fine. They're going to adapt. They're going to learn whether it's this new age pitch clock that's kind of bothered Max or at least outwardly has. But I just think they're too talented when they're healthy to make that not go away. Offensively, they're not doing the things they did last year. To me, that's a surprise. I like their lineup on a day-to-day basis, but when you're not stringing together enough hits, even though you're not striking out, a lot, which is what their lineup is, then that's a problem. And I think that is the issue that the Mets have. I know people are saying, you know, oh, they're showing their age or an older ball club. I'm still not ready to say that about the New York Mets. I still believe there's going to be a competitive second half. With all due respect to John, though, you know, what he started off by saying with the, uh, you know, anybody who's watching baseball knows that these two guys are going to doubt if they're healthy, but we have been watching baseball, and, and we've watched Max Scherzer the last two seasons down the stretch completely wear down, right? With two different teams. First with the Dodgers, then with the Mets. So, yeah, we're, we're just going by recent trend, and the birth certificate says that as you get older, you're supposed to not be as effective. You know, I mean, it's nice to be optimistic and, you know, rose-colored glasses and the whole nine yards, but I'll believe it when I see it. And tonight... The bats dried up, and it's 3-0 going into the bottom of the seventh inning. Let us say hi to Richard. He's in Manhattan. He's up next to you on 98.7. Hi, Richard. How are you? Hi, Dan. Dan, two things that won't happen. Yeah. But possibility, and okay. I'll ask you, which has the greater possibility? Mm-hmm. Otani winning the Triple Crown. He's leading in RBIs and homers and is 20 points behind the uh, batting leader. Or... Areyes hitting 400. I don't think either one's going to happen, actually. Of course. Yeah. Which would have a better chance? And then I got to follow. I would probably say I, I would probably say Otani, even though he's not someone that's going to historically hit for high average, because think of how hard it is to hit 400. You know what I mean? Now, if Areyes, mm-hmm. with 20 games left in the season, qualifies with the number of at-bats. I think it's 502. It used to be official at-bats. So that's probably 450 at-bats and 70 walks. Uh, you know, combined mm-hmm. 70 walks hit by pitches, sacrifice flies. So let's say with 20 games left in the season, he's hitting 400. Do you think Florida would sit him out the last 20 games? Uh, ooh. I think they would leave it up to the player and let him make the decision. Remember, the other thing, too, Richard. Would that diminish it in your eyes? Well, it would diminish it, yeah. But the other thing, too, is remember, right now, and I don't know how things are going to look they're in fighting, September. They're fighting for a, uh, they're in a They're in second place. They they, they have a wild card spot right now. And by the way, um, Arias tonight went one for four. Marlins lost, so his average drops to 398. He's in a major slump right now. And believe it or not, if Pichette gets two hits tonight, uh, two hit, yeah. If Pichette, no, Pichette gets three hits tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you know that he has more <laughs> hits than quirky. him? Arias does not have the most hits in the major yeah. leagues. Bichette has because he's played every game and he's gotten a lot more at bats than Arias. Yeah, so, last I night think, they both became the first players in baseball to, to, to reach hundred hits. hits. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Bichette, that's funny. and that's and that's why, Rich. I'll tell you something. And you know, this applies to the Yankees. Pleasure, Dan. Always a pleasure. Rich, Thank be you. good as always. Um, Toronto is nipping at the Yankees' heels, of course, in the American League East. Toronto's got so much talent. I, I, I mean, they're five games over, but they should be better, you know? Like, Toronto's so good. 
That's why I can't believe that this is going to continue at this rate for the remainder of the entire season. I, I, I just can't. But, yeah, rise one for four tonight, so the average drops down to 398. I still think that, you know, at least in terms of the things that Richard threw out there, the Otani winning the Triple Crown has a better chance because, well, first and foremost, here's the advantage that Otani's going to have this year. Luisa Rise is in the National League. So you don't have to worry about him winning a batting title in the NL. But Otani, you know, in his career, you know, he's hit like 285, I think, has been his his high. He's at 300 right now. But think about, like, the pace you have to go on. Otani, you know, even the last couple of years, post-All-Star break, he's kind of gone into a little bit of mini slumps to where the average would drop off a few points. So it's going to have to take a lot for all that to come together. But you could still win a triple crown without having to hit 400, which is what stands in the way of Arise trying to make history here, which is uh, remarkable in and of itself. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. It's interesting to me, too, with hard knocks, right? There's still no team for this yet. And some people have been asking me, it's like, okay, so what's going on with hard knocks? Like, you know, the Jets doing it, Jets not doing it. I'll tell you this. It's late June. Right? Training camp starts in a month. Normally, when you look at the Hard Knock show, whoever the team is that they're chronicling that training camp, all right, it's well known in advance. They announce it back in the, the winter, the spring. Right? Last year, they announced it in March that it was going to be the Lions. So all throughout that time, they're at the facility, they're taking video, they're interviewing folks, players, whatnot, just building up as much B-roll as possible. Nobody from HBO or NFL Films or whatever has been at, at, at the facility at Florham Park or really been at the facilities of any of these other teams that are being bantied about now. And yet they still haven't picked someone. And I think that, and I was talking about this a little bit yesterday uh, with Rick in the morning. If you think about when Hard Knocks started, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, whenever the first, you know, incarnation of it was, the world was a different place, right? The internet was still kind of in its infancy, Right? What teams were providing, even on their websites, the content was a far cry from what we have right now. In the time and the years that have passed with hard knocks being a thing, each and every one of the 32 teams in the NFL has essentially developed their own content department. You know, the Jets, for example, you know, the one JD films, that's as good as it gets. That's right up there with NFL films in terms of quality of content and production and and the whole nine yards. And I'm not just saying it because I'm biased and I know those guys and they're my friends. They do unbelievable work. It's like cinematic quality stuff, okay? And they're recognized for it and deservedly so. My point is all the the behind-the-scenes stuff you see from them, like all those, you know, Jet documentaries – that they post on the website and the YouTube page and all those things. The 31 other teams do exactly similar stuff. Maybe not to that quality, but they provide those type of features to where if you're a fan, you're going to get that behind-the-scenes content that historically, Hard Knocks was the only thing that was providing. Now you don't need a Hard Knocks. You know, it's kind of like the league and, and, and time and technology has almost outgrown Hard Knocks. Really and truthfully, throw in the fact that no team wants it, they think that it's a distraction having them there. I, I I just don't know the usefulness of it and the longevity of it moving forward. I don't. You know, it's kind of like outgrown itself. Hard Knocks has essentially become like the VHS tape. You know, it was a thing for a while. It was useful for a while. It was the only option, and now it isn't. 
Who knows if they're even going to have it this year? But uh, what I will tell them is clock is ticking. Clock is ticking. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back. We'll get some post-game thoughts from the manager of the New York Yankees after his team pulled off a 3-1 victory in the series opener against the Seattle Mariners. Grasso Show till the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We'll be back with you tomorrow night. Same bat time, same bat channel at 7. Our final 7 p.m. show of the week. Remember, Thursday and Friday, we're in with Bart from noon to 3 in the afternoon. And then we'll have our usual Saturday program, of course, to round out the week. So uh, plan your schedules accordingly, of course. Um, Yankees victorious tonight, 3-1 over the Seattle Mariners. So a nice job by then. Let's hear um, Aaron Boone on what made Garrett Cole and his seven and a third innings. So dominant tonight. Really good fastball again, which has been kind of a hallmark for him. These last few where he's been really strong, and then the, the cutter and the slider off of that I thought were really, really good and commanded the baseball how he wanted to. Really av- avoided trouble pretty much the whole night and uh, was just in a good rhythm and command, but I thought it was fastball, cutter, slider that were really strong for him. And what about that whole episode earlier in the game when he had the stare down and the whole back and forth with Jose Caballero? Anything of that, Aaron? New age, pitch clock age. I, I didn't think much of it. Yeah, it seemed like it was nothing harmless, innocent, you know. And these teams, they're only going to play two more times for the remainder of the season. I, I don't expect any sort of retribution. Nobody got hit anyways. So, look, that's just heat of the moment, baseball-type stuff. Nothing more, nothing less. Maybe another encouraging sign tonight. Forget about what Cole did because, you know, he's been fairly consistent for the Yankees this year. It was the fact that Anthony Rizzo, right, had three hits tonight including two extra base hits, drove in a run. That might be the biggest sign of things to come for the New York Yankees this evening, and maybe he could be breaking out of his slump. Uh, He talked about if there were any adjustments on the night when he spoke with uh, Meredith Morakovitz on the Yes Network. I wish there was, but it's just part of the ebbs and flows of the season. Obviously, getting a first at-bat hit always takes a lot of relief off your shoulders, so felt good. Feels good to get a few hits and see him hit, hit grass. Hey, maybe not three hit tonight, but the Yankees will certainly take more of that moving forward. That's the case. Uh, I mean, a productive Anthony Rizzo, you need somebody that's going to be able to at least help hold the fourth down until Aaron Judge is ready. And we don't know when that's going to be. Uh, if you missed it, 
Aaron Boone was encouraged before the game today with those PRP injections the judge received in the toe that maybe he's turned a corner and things are getting better. But still no definitive word as to when this could potentially happen here now. Uh, Carlos Rodon, we mentioned him. He had a rehab start today with the Somerset Patriots. First time he's been on the mound. He went three innings, allowed a hit, one earned run, one walk, five strikeouts, threw 42 pitches tonight. And here was Rodon after the game down in Somerset about how he felt. I felt sharp after the first. The third, I felt like I started finding myself first time out there in a while. At this point, I'm just trying to execute pitches. That's just the goal. I felt like I, I felt like I was almost just get, kind of getting started, um, kind of finding that groove. But it was good. It was good. I found it in the third. I wish it was out the get-go, but that's not how it always works. Probably you're talking about, uh, I'm speculating, three rehab starts, I would say. And remember, they're not going to push them. They'll try to ramp it up little by little incrementally. Each time he steps out on the hill. But the last thing you want to do is rush him back. Because if he gets a, if he suffers a setback and has to go to square one, square two, whatever, I mean, then it's like, <laughs> what are we doing? Right? But you have to also look at the calendar if you're the Yankees. You know, it, it, let's say he's ready to go. If everything checks out, if he's ready to go the 5th to the 6th of July. I'm just speculating. Like, if you want to go by normal rotation turns and that type of thing. Does it really behoove the Yankees to bring him back before the All-Star break? Or do you want to just give him another week? Like, he could throw on the side during the All-Star break, and then you trot him out there on the, you know, 17th, 18th, whatever it is following the break. Give him even more time to settle down and make sure that he's as close to 100% as possible. That's the approach that I would take. Now, the Yankees might decide to just have him get a start under his belt right before the All-Star break because then he does have that greater period of rest after that first start where I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of hiccups and, you know, maybe just some general soreness from ramping it up that first time of the season. Maybe, maybe. I, I, I don't know. But what you have to have happen if you're a Yankee fan is to have a night like this with Rodon, Right. No setbacks, no issues. Of course, you got to see how he is when he wakes up in the morning, but you want to have him on schedule, on turn, making these rehab starts. And then building up to the point where he is ready to join the team in the Bronx. And one of the other things that he spoke about tonight, said the five strikeouts, how about all those swings and misses? Yeah, I thought it showed itself there a little bit. Some swing and miss fastball. Um, slider had the good, the good break on it. And uh, like I said, I got some swing and miss. Um, got a ground ball somehow, and it all worked out. So that is Carlos Rodon. Elsewhere, the uh, Reds are trying to hold down a, a two-run lead they have in the ninth inning right now against Colorado. If they win, it'll be their 10th consecutive victory. They've taken over first place in the Central Division. They have an influx of young talent. And the guy who's been the face of the franchise for, you know, the better part of a decade, Joey Votto, he made his season debut last night. He had a home run, drove in three runs. He had the shoulder surgery, of course, so that's why he didn't play. But it's a real exciting team right now, and that's what's interesting about baseball. Normally, the NFL is that sport where teams come out of nowhere, surprise clubs, ones that we didn't think were going to be all that entertaining or, or that dangerous. This year, it's been baseball so far. Between the Cincinnati Reds, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the San Francisco Giants, that's the Marlins, that's just in the National League alone. And all those teams would be in playoff spots right now. Like, think about that for a second. You know, the Rangers, 
playing as well as they have, and this is without Jacob DeGrom, essentially, 20 games over 500 in first place in the American League West. You know, Baltimore, not just the fact that they're good, but they're playing as well as they are. I mean, like, you know, Baltimore's got the second-best record in the American League. And he didn't know if last year was any sort of a fluke, if they would be able to piggyback off of what they did. Well, they have, and then some. Now, it is still only June, and you don't know if this is going to be able to carry itself out over the entire season, but get some new blood in there. There's nothing wrong with that instead of the same old, same old. And I think that if you're baseball, that's a sport that can use it. You know, I talk all the time about, like the last couple of weeks, you got the Yankees and the Red Sox, national TV games, Sunday night baseball games. You think the rest of the country wants to see that stuff over and over and over again? No, they don't. Trust me, they don't. There are other teams and other good stories that are willing to showcase to grow this sport a little bit if you're Major League Baseball. And the Mets can't get a run on the ball. They finally got one on the board. But the Astros are catching the hell out of the ball tonight. And, you know, some of those balls would have hit real estate that the Mets are hitting especially here late in the game off of Valdez, but they're just not finding any pay dirt because the Astros are playing a heck of a game defensively. But it's 4-1 Houston in the eighth inning. That's going to do it for us tonight. This was a fun one. We'll do it again tomorrow, all over again at 7. Thanks to Harvey. Thanks to Julian. Thanks to everybody that was a part of the program. Keep it tuned because Gordon and Larry are coming up next. They'll take you the rest of the night. Gross is saying, talk to you at 7 tomorrow right here on 98.7 ESPN. What's the deal with hard knocks? No knocks, and it's not hard. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>